Let's sing. Once my heart and soul were fettered. Amen. You ready for church tonight? Amen. Let's have a wonderful service. Welcome you to the house of the Lord. Let's just sing this song together. Oh, once my heart and soul.
trouble? Has Jehovah Nisi come and touched your life, touched your heart? He's the great enforcer. I just want to say tonight, the devil does not like us singing and praising and rejoicing. So I think we should just get off our doldrums, get out of our Wednesday night, stand to our feet, praise the Lord. He's called us here. He's led us here. So let's rejoice in the word of God tonight. Amen. Just stand to our feet. When you're in trouble, Stay in your position and watch the miraculous. 
Those are true words, amen? We don't just sing them as a song, but we believe that. So as we turn to prayer, maybe we can just um, just uh, have these prayer requests here. We have uh, Brother Jake Dick Sr. He's passed away on Monday, July the 17th. We're asking for prayer for the family. The memorial service will be announced as soon as the details are finalized. We also got uh, Brother David Mbui. His mother passed away on the 17th as well. So we just want to remember the Mbui family, the Dick family, remembering them at this time. And Sister Maria, she's asking for prayer for her brother Jose, uh, for his health. Um, maybe Brother Victor, if you could come and open the service in a word of prayer. Let's just sing a little song, Quiet Me, Let Peaceful Waters Flow, as we just change the order of the service and quieten our hearts. We'll just sing the chorus. Quiet. heal through music. He can heal in the song service. He can heal through the preaching of the word. Don't let, don't limit God tonight. Amen. Brother Victor. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we ask that you just quiet, quiet our hearts tonight, Father. Lord, a still humble heart, Lord Jesus, that your spirit can move, Lord. We invite you tonight, Father, in your presence here, Lord. We feel it already, Lord Jesus. Lord, we want to take a moment to remember these needs that have been penned down, Father. Lord, the losses of a loved one, Father, Lord Jesus. Remember our brother David and Booyi, Lord, and losing his mother, Father. Many here have experienced that pain. Many here have experienced that sorrow. But Lord, they can stand here as a testimony to say you are truly a comforter in the time of need, in the time of trouble. So Lord, may that same God that comforted those within this congregation, Lord, during those same situations, go to our brother David and Booyah and give him comfort, Lord. To his wife, Lord, and comfort them. To the family, Lord. Blanket around them, Lord Jesus, your presence, Lord. That they'll know through this situation, this trial, that you are real, Father. Make yourself more real to them. Remember, oh God, Lord, the other requests, Lord Jesus, the other loss of the, the, uh, Brother Jake Dick, Lord Senior, passing. Remember, Lord, the family, the extended family, Lord Jesus. Ask, Lord, you comfort them, Lord. Be a peace to them, Lord. Father, as your word comes tonight, Lord, which is what we've come here for to hear from you, to receive from the throne of grace. 
We pray, oh God, the Holy Spirit will come, Lord. Minister to each heart. Meet every need in divine presence, oh God. Father, there's any chains that need to be broken, would you break them? Father, is any sick amongst us, would you heal them, Lord? If there's any bound, Lord, would you set them free, Father? Lord, if there's any, Lord, that need healing in their spirit, as our brother Andrew Glover preached years ago, the broken bowl, would you heal up the bowl tonight, Father? Lord, seal up the wounds, Lord Jesus. Mend up the broken pieces. Lord, you are the great healer amongst us tonight, Father. Lord, you are the great deliverer. Jehovah Shammah, which is God that's amongst us, Father. Lord, you're present tonight. So we invite you, ask you to come and speak to our souls. Take the man out of the way. Use his lips, his thoughts, his actions, his demonstrations. And may the Holy Spirit have the preeminence tonight, we pray. We invite you, Holy Spirit. Come and speak to us in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Psalms 34. We have some visitors. I want to welcome some visitors tonight. We have a couple of sisters visiting from New Zealand. We have a sister, Marthy, her granddaughter, Esther, and her friend, Amy, from New Zealand. Maybe you could stand so we can welcome you. Welcome. God bless you. Good to have you here. We also have some visitors in the back there. Brother Isaiah from Brabant, Sister Julie and the family, all the way from Belgium, welcome. It's good to have you. Stand up. You don't get it, you don't get it, you don't get away with that. Thank you, thank you. It's good to have you here. God bless you. Amen. You ready to worship? Amen. We come to worship the Lord tonight. Magnify the Lord with me. I sought the Lord. And he answered me and delivered me from every fear. Those who look on him are
thanksgiving we can give him praise from the depths of our souls not only for what he's done but for what he's doing the same yesterday today and forever we're so thankful for you lord jesus we bless your holy name tonight father we give you praise we give you worship lord we give you honor god we glorify your holy name lord we lift up your name that is above every other name tonight oh god we exalt thee lord jesus we praise you oh god thank you jesus Hallelujah. 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 Sing Waymakers. Brother Murphy comes. Invite Brother Murphy to bring the word. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. Thank you. 
places. The words say, even if you can't see it, he's working. Even if you can't feel it, he's working. He's never stopped. He's never stopped working. Do you believe that tonight? Even in the shadows, even in the, the turmoil of our lives, he's working. Because we're seeds of God. We're children of God. Amen. Let's just sing this verse. Even if you can't see it, he's working. Even if you can't see it, he's working. Even if I can't feel it, he's working. You never stop. You never stop working. Never stop. You never stop working. Even if I can't feel it, you're working. just a song but Lord it is is a reality you are a way maker you're a promise keeper Lord what well, we don't feel you what well, we don't see you but we know you're working in our life Lord our life can testify Lord we're not what we used to be we're not a 10 years ago we're not a one years ago we're not even a yesterday because of the reason that you work in us we thank you Father Lord, we're coming to the sacred part of the service to open up your word. Lord, the whole service is sacred because you are here. Lord, we worship you in this song. Now we worship in your truth, O Lord. I pray you, Lord, that you speak to our heart. You know whatever situation, you know whatever need. We're coming here to let off the pressure, not just mentally, not just the physically, but Lord, we're living in the evil world. But Lord, how we thank you. We have the God that is already overcome. He has redeemed them, redeemed his bride, and you called us to be your wife, Lord. So, Lord, I just pray you let your word lift us higher, and until the one day we'll be face to face with our beloved Jesus Christ, and Lord, we'll be forever be with you. Lord, we give you thanks and ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
praise the Lord. Let's just turn to the, the scripture. And I'm really glad to be back to the house of God again. Uh, and I feel bad to let you to come to uh, uh, eating a Chinese food again. If I were you, I'd probably gag for the two in a row. But uh, uh, we're, we're coming here to worship the Lord. We're coming here not to see a man. We're coming here to see God. And I believe if we have the heart right, if we have our attitude right, I believe God will speak to us. And that's all we want. So let's turn to um, a book of a Ruth. Book of Ruth, chapter 3. The, the whole book is a marvelous book. It's the greatest love story. Uh, but I wouldn't have uh, time to do that because it's Wednesday night. Uh, I don't want to keep it at you too long uh, unless it's necessary. <laughs> and so, but I'll just read a one, uh, one verse of it. Chapter 3, verse 11. Chapter 3, verse 11. And now, my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou request. For all the city of my people does know that thou art a virtuous woman. And let's turn to the uh, uh, book of uh, uh, Proverbs, chapter 31. Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31, verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. May the Lord bless this word. You may be seated. I want to give a title, A Redeemed Virtuous Woman. A Redeemed Virtuous Woman. So when we're talking about a virtuous woman, and... Um, you know, we have our own idea out of a wor- uh, virtuous, uh, what does thy man? And uh, sometimes we're thinking that the virtuous is talking about the, the, the character, uh, you know, the, the elegance, the, the, uh, the, the, the polishedness, uh, or that it's person, uh, you know, because it was uh, um, talking about the woman. So then we're uh, immediately, we're thinking that sort of was the character of a woman uh, that's uh, need to be. And so when we talk about Ruth, we said that she's uh, the virtuous woman. Uh, but let's uh, think, uh, let's uh, think about the way, what is the scripture talking about a virtuous woman? Because there is every scripture that was talking about Jesus Christ. And that every scripture is uh, also talking about the Jesus Christ in the bride, which is we are the type of the whatsoever that the woman that has been talking about that in the Bible. So let's not just thinking about it as, uh, uh, as if you say that what is the woman's is a character, because that's also described that any person, that any member that in this body of Jesus Christ is a man as well. So that's a t- let's take the scripture and see what is the Lord thinking about a virtuous woman that is be. So in the in the great, uh, actually, sorry, and in the Hebrew, when it talk about the virtuous, it was talking about uh, strength. It was talking about the might. It talked about the wealth. It's talking about an uh, army. So uh, I don't think there's any of that will be related with just a, a female. But that's what God is, is viewing, what is the virtuous woman that is. And the, the, the word is, is also coming from uh, uh, the root word. I don't know how to pronounce that, but that, uh, that root word means um, to twist, to dance, and uh, to whirl, 
what we're thinking about, we're thinking about the dancing, but listen to the rest of what it was said. It's talking about a fear. It talked about a tremble. It talked about a travail. That means that, that a person goes through such a travail that is his body become a twisted. That is going through that is such a, uh, such a suffering and it's such a thing that in this tremble, the fear because of the birth is coming on her. Then uh, she become a twisted. She's dancing not because of a joy. She was dancing. She was twisted because of the travail has come on her. And it's become the suffering, the anguish that has come on her that she cannot escape. That is the word, root's word of this virtuous. And it also means uh, in travail is the bear. It means to bring forth. It also means to wait anxiously. And to be made to bear. And to uh, cause to be in pain. And in anguish. And to be born. And to suffer. And torture. And be participate in that. And in distress. There's waiting. Longing. Longing. Patiently. That are waiting. And that is the. The virtuous woman. That is the word that was coming from. So when we're thinking about that, we're not thinking just of elegancy. We're not just thinking about that of a certain character, the personality that only the female, that a woman has. This talking about a, a bride that is a suffering. This one is talking about the bride that going through the suffering, the travail, going through the even torture. And it goes through, going through the, the waiting period. It's going through the, the time that it has to wait anxiously. And also has to wait patiently. And that the suffering was so great that she herself almost felt like twisted. And she herself almost felt like she was dancing not to enjoy, but in the suffering wanted the pain to be going another way. That is a, a virtuous woman. It doesn't paint a nice picture for us, but it's describing what is the bride that has to go through in order for her to have the character. And so this is a virtue, is this woman. They also, it has to be, it was talking about that this woman has to run through the struggle. And she was run through a travail of time in suffering and in order to manifest the strength of God, not her own. And to believe God, to hang on every word of God has to promise it to them. That is the virtuous woman. It's not a, you know, that talking about to the person that's in the easy environment. It was talk, not a talking about to the, that in the, the situation, the circumstances, on the flower bed of ease. But it was talking about to the, the virtuous woman, but in her weakness, that in her persecution... Then also that are facing all the mocking and jeering and distress and strain and depressed and pressure and oppressed. And they become strong by just follow what the word of God has said. That is the virtuous woman. And it's talking about it in the second of Corinthians. Says, Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproach, in necessities. In persecutions and in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. That is the virtuous woman. And for all things are for your sake. 
the second Corinthians of 4 15. That our abund- abund- abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of a many redound to the glory of a God, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perishing, perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. It doesn't pan to the good picture, but that's the virtuous woman. No matter what's on the outside, and it try to make you become awake, and let you try to reject, let you become a lagging behind, and try to the devil try to do everything, makes you want to be, uh, want you to lag, to compromise. But the outside man perishing, but the inward man renewed day by day. That is a virtuous woman. And he said, all things are for your sake. If that's all thing, it's not, doesn't that mean everything? There's no excuse. There's, a, there's a no uh, excluding. Everything is for you. Good things is for you. Blessings are for you. Healings is for you. But bad things is for you too. And the things that have come upon you, everything that's for your sake. All things. He said it's for you. And sometimes the things that we never wanted to happen to in our family. He said, all things are for you. And sometimes the persecution and the mocking and everything that you're experiencing, the cancer that you're experiencing, the blindness that you're experiencing, the loss of a loved one that you're experiencing. But Jesus said, but Christ said in the, through Paul, said, all things are for your sake. So that abundant grace might through the thanksgiving. Thanksgiving in what? In trials, in weakness, in difficulties. That shows our love. Receive it as a grace, not in vain. And that shows that our love, that shows our appreciation. While we're in trials, while we're in the difficulties, when situation become a contrary and against it and everything that you are expecting for, sometimes you don't even understand why things happen. You have no explanation. Isn't that a human? Uh, automatically, when something happens, we always seem like have an answer. Sometimes when things come upon the person, we always say, oh, because of that. Stop, under, stop explaining. You don't understand. God don't want us to explain the situation. He said, go into it. Believe it. I'm behind you. Every situation, I let it allowed to happen to you. There is a good thing coming out of that. You don't need to explain. All you need to do, Lord, all things is for my sake. It's so that the thanksgiving that in the trial be abundant. That it give it to our Lord. But God, He doesn't let us just go into a things without giving us an escape, the way to escape. And if God, He, if God has given us the Holy Ghost, which is we know that is His own life, and He lets you hear His word, to receive it His word, and by what he give it to us, that to let us to see what he saw in you. Yeah. 
He wouldn't give you the, the word that you cannot manifest in it. He wouldn't give you a trial that you cannot go through it. He wouldn't give you something that is seemingly the, the wave is going to drown you if you're not walking on top of that. And we saw there is a character over here. And there's a Ruth. And for Ruth and in her understanding, she probably never thought how much worse that she is. She was a Moabite, the coming from an incest descendants, and she's um, uh, she was the poor of the poorest, and coming to the land, but Abraham said that she's not uh, uh, just facing everything was nice, and everybody welcomed welcome her, and uh, everything would be easy, and she found a lot of difficulty, that even in the land, don't think the change in the land from a Moabite to Israel to make it so everything is easy. Don't think you're just coming to the church. You said, I give it to the heart to the Lord and everything will be flowery and easy. Battle just started. And she just, uh, and she just lived a normal life. And, per- and perhaps it's a life that in her own eyes it was a miserable life. It's not some life that she was thinking, oh, probably the in her mind, this is not type of a life that she was thinking when she coming to the Israel will, uh, will meet her. And but, no matter how she looked at it in her eye, but in Boaz's eye, in the eyes of a Boaz, that a kinsman redeemer, she's more precious than anything. But the Boaz never told her, never tell her how precious she is. She has to go through that period of a time, gleaning, go into the field, and stay in the field, be faithful, and make a clean cut, clear a clean cut decision, and to go into glean just a here a little and there a little, until that Boaz done the kingsman redeemer's work, and then when she was redeemed, and then she become a wife of a Boaz. She from just a gleaner, and she was promoted to a wife of a Boaz. Though she was a virtuous woman, but that virtuous woman also need to be redeemed in order for her position from a gleaner, a virtuous woman, to become a wife of a Boaz. And for the bride of Jesus Christ, it's the same way. You are a virtuous woman. You possess all the character. That character has already been in your gene. That you are even when you are in the world, but God has put something deposited in you that only you possess, nobody else possessed. But by the redemption that God redeemed you, He elevated you to a position that called you to be the wife of Jesus Christ. And in a certain, in the eyes of a Boaz, and she's a precious woman. And her value is way much more than what she's thinking that her value is. The value of she giving herself, or probably just thinking that she was just the one that followed the servants of the Boaz and gleaning for the barley, and she just get enough of food and for her to eat. You know, in the, whenever you know you come a, a many uh, we have the many people that are coming from a different country. That are coming to uh, uh, Canada. Your culture is different. Your way of doing things uh, is different. And sometimes the things that we're thinking is very precious uh, in, in our own country. 
uh, body here, it doesn't mean anything. I'll just give it a simple example. And, uh, and here, and, uh, uh, you know, I go to China, that we, that the people, they're, uh, uh, they're, they're eating the things that is way different uh, than the people that are eating here. And here the people eat chicken. Yes, but which part of chicken? <laughs> it, uh, there's many parts of the chicken, people just uh, throw it away. But you go to China, boy, that was a precious. Why you throw that away? You throw the chicken feet away, you throw the chicken leg away, you throw the chicken head away. But that's very precious over there. And here, we're thinking that the precious, the chicken breast, you don't find those meats in China. You go to Kentucky Fried Chicken, nobody orders chicken breast. Only the Western world is thinking of chicken breast, so that's the, you know, everybody eating it. And you go to the KFC in China, you don't find that. Of course, they don't have a chicken feed either. They try to be more in, in, the, in, in the middle of the way, not be too, uh, too extreme. But in one person, it was a very precious, but to another person, it was just a, a doesn't mean, uh, it means nothing. It's because it has to be suitable to the taste of that a certain country, the certain people that was born with. Because of those Chinese people, they born with a certain gene, so they love chicken feed. Because they were raised up in a certain culture. So it doesn't shock them to eat a chicken feet or chicken neck. We're thinking about what? There is, there's no meat. Give me some meat. Yeah, there is some meat. That's the most tasty meat that you can ever taste. Just three legs, three feet in lugs cost you $3. And here we just throw it to the, to the dog and let him to feed on. But because of the taste that they were making it up, when they were make up, when they were young, they were raised up in a different, so their taste make, or their makeup, their taste make the certain things become a very precious to them. You know, to the things that in the world doesn't mean anything, but to the bride of Jesus Christ, it means everything. To the world that they were thinking that the God sending the prophet, that was just a, uh, that was just something, how to say this? It was just, it was something that, uh, not normal. They consider it as a fanatic. But to the bride of Jesus Christ, that is everything to us. When the prophet turns his back toward the, uh, toward the, uh, Turn his back from the congregation and the telling them a secret in their heart to the world, to the denomination of the world. It's just, that's the fanatic. That is the extreme. That's a false prophet. But to us, that is everything. Because we're coming from another country. And because you're coming from another country, so your taste is different. And because your taste is different, so God has to send certain things to the world is worthless. To the world has no value at all. But to you, that just means everything to you. The reason God sent to the prophet is because we're coming from another world. The reason God gave us the discernment, not even one thing was wrong, because we're coming from that world. And only the bride of Jesus Christ cannot appreciate what is the God has given to us. And in God's eye, that your value is way much, far more in the Bible verse than rubies. 
your value, though ourselves, we don't think it is that way. We look at ourselves thinking that we're just coming to the church and just get fed. We feel that we're not, we're not worthy. Ruth feels she's not unworthy either. She never thought she's going to be just by gleaning the here a little, there a little, that she can become a wife of a Boaz. She never thought of it that she would be elevated even in the, the, the Bible to be that in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. It doesn't even come to her. But it doesn't matter if it comes to her or not, but God chooses her. And it doesn't matter what you're thinking or not, God has to choose you. And He has thinking you are more valuable than what you're thinking you are. We can never be thinking ourselves to the level that what God can think of us. Because we're living in this flesh. And this flesh hinders us. It blocks you. It buries you. You're fighting with. You can never feel yourself worthy. You can never feel that I'm the bride of Jesus Christ. I'm the one that I'm going to go to to heaven. Though even you face, you believe in that, your mind keeps telling you, you're not, you're not, you're not. And you can never be just said, one day the revelation come on me that I will be fully that's, uh, manifested. I'll be fully convinced that I'm the bride of Jesus Christ. I'll give you an example. Even when the prophet, when he come on this earth, and the other day I was uh, having a little fellowship uh, uh, with, uh, with the brother Ed. And the, the, the prophet, then when he come, and he has to gradually come into the point right, and to realize what God has called him to do. And then uh, I remember that in the car, and uh, uh, he, was, he was sitting with the brother Ed. So they, were, they were going on the road. And uh, the, the prophet uh, I turned to uh, Brother Ed and asked, uh, uh, I, I can't know exactly what he was saying, but I'm just paraphrasing. He said, what are you thinking about to the Malachi 4? And the, the scripture that he was talking uh, as well, could this be, that, could this ministry that it be fulfilling the Malachi 4? Even the, the, the prophet, that he has to have the, the question that in his mind, though his uh, vindication was so, uh, 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 so, um, uh, predominant. So the vindication was, uh, was in uh, uh, thousands after thousands. You're thinking about that shouldn't be have uh, any question. But even the, the prophet himself, and he answered the house, do you think this, might, this could be fulfilled? What is the Malachi for? And then you're thinking about the prophet. He said, if I'm not the other one, and I'm setting the stage for the other one to come. And then even the prophet in the message, he said, I, he said uh, I don't know if I will be go, but by God's grace, I believe I will go. We're thinking that the manifestation, the reality that he has, that's the discernment one after another, all of thousands of them, he shouldn't be having no question at all. But he's a human just like we are human. It's not in the human level we feel that, we feel we're worthy or we're not worthy. You can never feel worthy. But you believe what God's word has said. 
It's not because you saw a vision, you had experience with God. Oh, I, I'm, I'm solid, I'm anchored. This thing will never bother me uh, uh, anymore. I'm the bride of Jesus Christ. The golden straight of my feet are going to stamp on top of I feel that. You will never feel that. After I preach it tonight, you'll go home. You'll lay under the pillow. You will say, I'm unworthy, I'm unworthy, I'm unworthy. You will, you will keep telling yourself that. But tomorrow when you make your first mistake, you will feel, how in the world I did that? Am I the bride of Jesus Christ? And by next time when you say something or do something that's not according to what is the promise of a God has said that you are, and then your faith levels is going down. You will start questioning. And then the accuser will come right behind you, try to tell you, you're not, you're not, you're not. Is that how we feel? Is that how preachers try to say you are? Is that how good a good relationship that you visit the pastor? Is that how many churches you attending? How many times you're coming here? It's only by the word of God has said, and I believe it. It's by faith, and we're going there. So no matter we feel that or we don't feel that, no matter how that our, or we try to convince ourselves, that's have nothing to do with it. But it's what is the word of God has said about us. And it's not how much the, the value or the level that we come up with, and then we can say, oh, we're, we're a word of material, bright material, where we'll go there. It just by simply Believe what he said. And it's not even the size of your face. It's the purity of your face. Whatever he said, Lord, I believe it. Lord, you ever said so. And my mind is not going, not telling me, oh, telling me, uh, you know, I'm 100% sure. And in my face, probably I don't even know 100% sure. But Lord, you said so, and I believe it. And I do according whatever that your word has said do. Isn't that a character? The virtuous woman of a Ruth? And she said that she made a clear-cut decision and said to Naomi, said, wherever you go, I go. Your God is my God. No matter I feel it or don't feel it. And then when she was uh, coming, coming to the Israel land, and the Naomi told her, said, you go to glean. He said, yeah, I go to glean. Does she understand? She doesn't understand. She just happened to come to the field of a Boaz. And then coming home with more, and the, uh, Naomi said, where'd you, where'd you be? Oh, I've been in the, in the Boaz. Oh, he's our kinsman. And he's the nearest kinsman. Don't go out of field. Just stay right here. And, and the Ruth said, yes, Lord. You said I'm staying in this field. I don't know how much production this field can give me, but I already know this field that you already said so, and I believe it. And I'm going to do it. You haven't told me that to come on a Wednesday, come on a Sunday. I don't know how should I get it. Maybe one sentence or two sentences. I don't know, but I'm coming. You asked me to pack a Bible and I'm reading my Bible. I'm coming. I'm reading. I don't know how I'm getting out of it, but I'm reading it. You tell her I need to be spiritual and reading the message and listening to the message. I don't know how spiritual I can get. I don't feel anything, but I'm doing it. Just by following the word. Then she went into the Boaz field. And by following the world, as she following the word, she's not only become a gleaner, and then she followed Naomi, said, to go lay it at his feet. 
And if she, he will tell you what to do by obeying the word that she was elevated into the wife of a Boaz. That by obeying the word, do just as what he said. Don't go out of field. Stay with the word. Thus says the Lord, you will put your feet on that golden string. Is Boaz saw Ruth? Is that a Ruth uh, first sight falling in love with Boaz? She never even felt that she can be worthy to be called to the wife of a Boaz. But Boaz has to saw that. And so that is uh, his work he must do to elevate her into the position that she never even dreamed about. And uh, the Bible says that Ruth. Uh, uh, a book of Ruth, chapter 3, verse 18. Then says she, sit still. Naomi said, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. For the man will not be in rest until he have finished the thing this day. He will not rest until he finished his work in you. Thank you, Brother Dan, for the song. That's exactly and it was not we tried to do certain things, but he determined, he said, I'm working in you. I'm working in you. And then in Ruth chapter 4, let me, uh, let me try to speed it up a little bit here. Oh, I haven't even come to my first, uh, second page yet. And we look at that. So this is a virtuous woman. But she must be redeemed because she's in her lost estate. As Naomi, they're coming, they're coming back. And they, uh, oh, they said that they have to sell the parcel of the land. And they have the one uh, out of the, the promised land. And has the one through the, the hardship. And so when they come back, and though they're only thinking about is trying to try to survive, but Boaz's eyes has fallen on her. And she probably thinking that she's just a woman and tried to claim that and made a, make a living. It's like some of us when we're thinking that we're only coming here trying to make a living and on this earth. But the eyes of a Boaz fall on her, and he wants a wife. And that is your value. And the price that he was thinking about Ruth is far more than what she was thinking about. And the price, the value that the Lord put it on us is far more what our mind just tried to tell. And so the Boaz is to try to redeem and the lost estate that Naomi. And so when this is coming, two of the kingsmen, Redeemer, and so uh, Ruth and the Naomi instructed the Ruth and said, You go to the Boaz and lay it at his feet and uh, 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 let, us, uh, let him uh, uh, put his uh, uh, garments to cover you and the one, whatever that he said to you, and you go to do it. So when the Boaz would have woke up in the middle of the night and the saw uh, Ruth and then the Boaz said, to the, you know, I'm just paraphrasing that you know the, uh, the scripture. Just uh, said, you know, I, I would do the re- kingsman uh, so, uh, uh, task. Uh, but there is the one is more co- uh, near than 
than I do. Because it has to be in the ears of kingsmen to do the redemptive work. So then, and he said, if that man is one to do the kingsman, the redeemer's work, and let him do it. But if he cannot do it, and then I will step in. I will do the, the kingsman, redeemer's work. And so that, uh, there is a scripture over here, and it's chapter 4, and he, uh, uh, Boaz is the go-to, he called it uh, such a one, it doesn't even give a name. And Brother Bram is talking about that this kingsman, uh, this king, uh, this king uh, kingsman, that is a closer than Boaz, then he is uh, the devil. And he has more rights that are towards the roost than the Boaz to have. Let's go into a little bit of details in here. And so, when this man said, when, uh, let me just, uh, just read it. I'm getting nervous because of the times this is flying by. But he said, Abide and I sought to advertise thee. Saying, bite it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is a none to redeem it beside thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I'll redeem it. And Brother Brahma said, That person is the devil. Because he has more rights and than the kingsman had. He owns your body. And even when the, the creating of the world, uh, when it, in the beginning of the creation, Brother Bram was talking about the one brimstone and uh, just the volcano was erupting. It's at that time the devil is already walking up and down, back and forth. He already claimed that you belong to him. And he has more rights and then the than it's a kingsman than Boaz had had. And devil has more rights to your body and then the kingsman that our Jesus Christ had. And so this man, he said, our redeemer. And let's think about it. And this devil has possessed this land. And he has to do all he can and to try to redeem this land. He has to do all he can and try to if I can say that, to improve this land. And your body, he uses the science, he uses the medic, uh, medical, he uses the entertainment, he owns all of that. And he said, I can redeem it. He tried to reform a person. And he tried to reform a churchgoer. He tried to go to the denomination and try to use the theology and try to reform them. If we use the word, he tried to redeem this. And for thousands of years, the devil has tried that, but all failed. None of them is going to the work. Because they're in the, then in the next verse of the chapter 4 and in verse 5, then said to Boaz, he said, what, what day thou buyest in the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of a ruse, the Moabites. And the wife of the dead to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. In another word, this is the bundle sale. If you buy the land, if you redeem the land, you must redeem the woman with the land. And then this man said, sorry, I can't redeem it. Because it's going to mar my own inheritance. 
And so he's not able to redeem it. And Branham said it because the devil, he's the originator of the sin. So that he cannot be one devil and try to deliver from another devil. He cannot do that. He doesn't possess the ability to do it. But there is a kinsman redeemer. It not only can redeem the land, but he can also redeem the woman that wits the land. Because he saw the value of this woman. And the devil would never saw the value of this woman. Just as this man that who tried to die, if it's just the land, I will redeem it. But if that's the woman, he said, I'm not able to redeem it. Because this woman has a far more value, the precious price, than what is the land it is. But the man, he doesn't saw the value of this woman. He only saw the value of this land. Isn't that what the devil tried to do? That all he saw, he tried to improve, he tried to reform. He did everything just on this land, just on this earth, just on this flesh. And what he did on this, in the church of the world, he did the same thing. Everything is just for the land. Everything he was just reforming, reforming, reforming. That's all his abilities to that. And that's all the value that what he saw. But Jesus Christ saw the value that you, beyond this land, there's a woman, there's a root, there's a real gene of God. Land to him is nothing. That a real gene of God that living inside of you, that's the most precious thing. Because in the Bible, it said in the book of a psalm, said that they that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their soul is precious, and he ceases forever, that he should still live forever and not see corruption. The soul is the most precious thing. And the soul, the price of it is way much more than what is the land it is. And to redeem that soul, it cannot be just a reform. It cannot be just education. It cannot be just going to the church. It cannot be just in the things that are in the world. To redeem that soul was so precious, it takes the blood of Jesus Christ to redeem that. And you think that even that the preaching of Jesus will not substitute the redemption work. It has to be the blood of Jesus Christ to redeem. Otherwise, Jesus doesn't need to die. And he has to take the death of Christ and because of the soul was so precious. And we don't give it a thought at all. We're thinking, oh, you know, we have the work, we have this and that. But to God, the most valuable thing is that the soul that's in the person. Because that's the value of the bride of Jesus Christ. The true value of the person is the soul that is in you. Because that was coming from God himself. And if you are predestinated to the eternal life, 
you have an eternal life even before you're coming to the church or anything that is manifest. You have an eternal life. There's no beginning. There's no end. You're coming from the thought of a God. And because of that, then it has to take a God himself that it come become, uh, become the kinsman redeemer just like us so that he can redeem the lost of the state of the, just like Boaz did to the Ruth. And to the world, the God gave him the two messenger. And I, I'm talking about the denomination of the world. And all robbers and uh, a Billy Graham. Because that's what they worth. But to the bride of Jesus Christ, God sent us uh, the prophet, the, the messenger. Because that's your value. And he himself even coming down in this age to bring you back. Because when we're talking about the redeem, redemption, what is the redeem? Redeem means to bring back to his original state. If your original state is in God's thoughts, and then when God coming down himself to redeem you, he must be redeem you to the original state. And because of the people that are in the denomination of the world, they're not originated from God's thought. So they cannot go back to God's thought. And so God sent them another messenger. And their value is just the gospel just blinded in their eye. They can be the foolish virgin, can be the, but they cannot be the wife of Jesus Christ. Because it is never coming from the thoughts of God. But when God sent the kinsman redeemer, he sent it to us to bring us to the original state. So the religion can only bring the person to the morally good, but cannot bring the person to the original state. Though you can be the virtuous woman, you can have the character, that you can do all these things, but you see, in order for you to come back to what God you are originated from, it takes the kinsman redeemer to bring you to your original state. To bring you to your where you're coming from, which is the salt of a God. And that's what we're hungering for. You go to the denomination of the world, they never hunger and thirsty for that. And they go to church, they feel enough. And then they're listening to some preaching, they feel that's enough. They're living a good life and a morally good life. They feel that's enough. But to the bride of Jesus Christ, we're hungry and thirsty for that place. The original state. In that original state, you never fall. In that original state, you never sin. In that original state, there's no tear. There's no Oh, there's no compromise on the word. And in that original state, there's no the worldly things. In that original state, it's sinless. When God sent the kinsman redeemer to us, he wants to bring us to that original state. Because in that original state, that the bride of Jesus Christ is sinless. When God wants to marry the wife, he doesn't want to just marry a virtuous woman. Because in the Bible, in the book of Proverbs, there are many daughters 
that are virtuous. But you are excellent than all of them. And that excellent, that means to go up, to be carried out of the way, to be lifted in it up, to climbing, to going up. What is it? It's the rapture. There are many virtuous in the woman, but you are excelled, all of them. Only you go to the rapture. Only you become the wife of Jesus Christ. Only you sitting at the throne with him. That's what your position is. That's what he's thinking your value is. That's why the justice of virtue will not do that work. Just being morally good will not do that work. Just by going to church will not do that work. It has to be the kingdom redeemer to bring you to a sinless state. Because that's where you're coming from. And when he can only marry to a wife that is a sinless. And that's the only wife that when it without a sin, then he taken him to the throne of Jesus Christ. There's no sin. There's no unbelieving in there. Whatever God has said, that bride must be believed every word of it. If we're coming from the thoughts of the God, then just go to the church will not, accept, will not satisfy us. Not just listening to some preaching will not satisfy because of that is not your value. Your value, your price is far more over than ruby. And so that the doctrines will not redeem us. Doctrines will not satisfy us. And it has to be that a kingsman redeemer, God himself, come in the flesh. That one can redeem us. In another word, it's not only just a redeem the land, but it's a bring us to the sinless state. And you think about the thousands of the years the devil is to try to redeem. He tried to redeem. And I said, Amen. He tried to improve. He tried to, because this is the earth that he's the owner of it. And he was just a squatter on it, though. And he tried to redeem it, he tried to reform it, and tried to make it a better place. But he was just failing and failing and failing. But Jesus Christ, the once for all, when he was nailed on the Calvary, and then when he shed the blood, that he has redeemed the bride into his sinless estate. That's what we're hungering for, to become a, go into the original state. And in that original state, it's in a state that there's no sin. That's the first place. No wonder the prophet said that you are justified, not because you are forgiven, but you are coming to the point that you become a never sin in the first place. The first place. That's what God wants to redeem us to. In that place that you never disbelieve. In that place that you never sin. In that place that you are pure. You are holy. You are spotless. God want to redeem us with the message to that place. Because that's your first state. Though we're living on this flesh, but there's an inner man, there's a soul that's there, and God can call us, you're sinless. Because I have redeemed you, and now I'm coming to claim you. He can never claim something that is a sin. He can only claim that when he redeemed, and he redeemed the bride to his original state, which you are the bride of Jesus Christ, that you are in the sinless state. 
By believing the word or receiving the life that is in that word, you become a sinless. And then he can say you have an invisible union with him because you merited him. Because you're in a sinless state, then he can say you never sinned in the first place. Because he had to redeem everything back to you. And then the, the Bible in the book of Ruth continually saying, and the Boaz said to you, and then the, uh, uh, the Boaz started to uh, kick off his shoes. And Brother Branham said he kicked off his splendor, his glory and everything. And he paid a price for the bride, for, uh, for Ruth. And then he made it a public testimony. And he said, therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, abide it for thee. So he drew it off his shoe. And Boaz said unto the elder and unto all the people. He said, ye are witness this day that I have bought all that was the Amaleks and all that was the Chilongs and the Melong and of the hand of Naomi. Boaz said, I bought all of them. Their lost estate, I bought them all and that I give it back to you. Give it back to the Ruth. Give it back to the Naomi. He has the ability to do that. And we think, well, what is it that Amalek means? And Amalek is, means worship. And the Naomi, Brother Branham said, it means pleasant. In another word, it's a pleasant worship. But then when they lost, then we got him from the, out of the promised land. Then they get lost. And then the pleasant worship starts to missing. And then it said to the Melong, that's his son, means sickness. And Chilong, the other means weary, gloomy, and sadness. Because they're off of the, come out of the promised land. Anybody coming out of the promise of God, then they were heading for trouble. When you're coming out of the word, then the disaster is just waiting. And then they did from the pleasant worship. All of a sudden, and it was going down, going down, going down. It become a sickness. It become a weary. It become a gloomy. And the sadness started to kick in. But how we thank God. The Boaz said, I redeemed all of them. I have redeemed it all back. In another word, the pleasant worship, I have paid a price. I can give you the pleasant worship back. I can give you the healing, not to the sickness. I can give you the joy, not to the gloomy, not to the sadness. But I said, I claim I redeemed every one of them and back to you again. And today, when our Jesus has redeemed all of that, he has to redeem the peasant worship to us. He redeemed the healing to us. He given the joy and the peace and everything that he has to pay for is all has given him back to us. He said, more were Ruth and the Moabites, the wife of a Melong, have I purchased to be my wife. He's not only just redeemed the land, he's also redeemed the, the person that is in the land. And our Christ has redeemed our soul. And he also redeemed everything that it is the word, that it is the promise that it to us. Everything that belongs to you. 
that what I was thinking about, and when the, when the Boaz has to do that, he said all the elders, and it started to uh, uh, give him a blessing, I said, uh, and it made the rue, said, well, uh, you know, we're having the children and everything, all the elders to start to, uh, to praising him of what he has done. Then I'm thinking about it in the book of Revelation, in chapter 5, when those are the elders, when the, when the one that's uh, worthy, the lamb, take the book. He said, and then all the elders start to singing a new song and saying, thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou was the same and that it has to redeem us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and town and people and the nation. And has made us unto our God, King, and praised, and we shall reign on earth. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, and the numbers of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. And it said, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive a power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And when Boaz redeemed the Jews, when our Christ redeemed the bride, and then all those elders started to worship him. And I was thinking about it when the Christ redeemed us and redeemed our lost state, and then back to us, and redeemed it to the soul. And then I have said that I have given everything that used to belong to you, but now I'm giving back to you. I have redeemed you back to your original state. You're not only forgiven, but you become a sinless. Because when you become a sinless, then you can be rising up to the throne of Jesus Christ and to be called the queen of heaven. You'll be called the wife of Jesus Christ. I'm thinking, what a glorious thing that is. And to the bride of Jesus Christ, when God has given us all the promise, everything that he put in the Bible, every one of them belongs to you. And that every healing that belongs to you. And our lost little one that has been lost in the world, God said, I give that to you. Because I have redeemed you. Everything that you can think of that's in the promise of God. Everything that belongs to the bride of Jesus Christ. Not because of your virtue, but because of you were redeemed. Amen. And I'm thinking about this in Ruth. And when the elders, when the kingsman redeemer was working, when the kingsman redeemer entered the gate and to uh, negotiate or to uh, bring the redemption that uh, to uh, uh, redeem all the land and the, and the roots. You have to remember, Ruth was not there. It was all the elders was there. They hear it. They know. They saw he kick off his shoes. They saw he was doing all the redemption, the work. But when Boaz had come back, and the Ruth never saw what he'd done that in the gate there. He was resting in that house, just waiting for that person to coming back. But thank God, when that person coming back, let me dramatize it a little bit. I was thinking about the little roots just in that room there. And then an hour after an hour has a passing by. And then it's, uh, maybe it's at about the evening time that she started walking out. And then see the sunset and the edge of the horizon. 
and she saw a little silhouette. And there was a little one started running toward her. And she understands. She saw, that is the Boaz. That's the one that will redeem me. That's the one that will redeem me. Every lost estate that it backed you to the original place. And that's the little one that is coming to me that will take me as his wife. And when, she, when he was coming toward her, and she's become a clear, and then a clear. And then the Ruth started saw this, uh, this uh, kinsman redeemer that she was out admired at. She was laid at the feet, and she saw she, he was running toward her, and it was a sweat on his bra. And then the Ruth would ask, what's happened to your shoes? And he said, I kicked it off in Calvary. I didn't make the public a testimony that I redeemed everything. And Ruth might be said, your feet is dirty. Yes, it's dirty, but it's not because of a shame. That become a sign that I have redeemed in you. And Ruth might be asking the Boaz, what is it in your hand? He said, that's the title deed. I have redeemed you. I have redeemed the land. That was a little book that is in his hands. And that I was a little open. And that was everything that has to be laid in there years after years, thousands of years. That's a mystery. But he said, I have redeemed that. And opened up the seal. And all the things that is in there all belongs to you. And no wonder when John looked into that book, that is the, the Bible said, and every creature which is in heaven and in the earth and under the earth such as that are in the sea and all that in them heard I sing blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever and ever. I can imagine a Ruth when she saw that a title deed and a tear may be running down. I'm not just a virtuous woman but I'm a redeemed wife of Jesus Christ. And that is our position. It's not only just the church goer. It's not just the virtues and morally that we're a good person, but you are the wife of Jesus Christ. That's the one he saw your value is. That's why he sent it to the prophet. That's why he opened up the book. That's why he opened up the seals. That's why he called on you, said, come, take the book. Oh God, this is the position of the bride of Jesus Christ. We may never understand that, but as one thing, I believe it. Lord, this is for me. This is not for somebody else. I have that value that you sold in me. That's why you sent the word. That's why you gave me the message. That's why you let me believe the message. What a mighty God that we serve. Let a musician come. What a title deed that he has given to us. And he redeemed us back to the original state. Not only a virtuous woman. Not just a glen and a barley. Not just receiving the handful on purpose. But he said, I give you a position. That you be called to the bride of Jesus Christ. By what? By Boaz went into her and he gave her the seed and he married her. And Boaz said, I have purchased 
this woman. I haven't paid a price for the land. I haven't paid a price for her. Now I'm giving her the seed. By giving her the seed, by the union, by the marriage, that she was elevated from just a gleaner that into the wife of a Boaz. You're not just coming here to listen into the service. We're not just coming to receive a message, but he gives a seed to you. He can only give the seed that he was redeemed. He will never just give the seed that to a sinful person. He gave it to a redeemed wife, bride of Jesus Christ. And then when, she, when he gave it to the seed to you, and that takes you to the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Then she gave a birth called Obed. That's a serving. And then she gave a birth for another one. And then Obed got a Jesse, and Jesse, and got a David. That is the beloved. I'm thinking, what a grace of a God has a granted it to us by giving us the word that in this hour that you bear a child. You bear a child that is serve God. You have the life of Jesus Christ living inside of you that you give everything to him that he can serve him, can reflect what is the God it really is. And he call you also a beloved. May the Lord bless you. Let's, just, let's all stand. But Ryan, can you help me to sing the, the greatest love story? The, yeah, the verses. Let's just sing it all together to him. What a greatest love story that he had given it to us. What a kingsman redeemer that we'd have. Let's sing it together, Brother, Brother Ryan, if you can. Or Brother Dan. <laughs>
Giving it to it is his bride. I'm thinking about uh, you know all of you. We're coming from a different background. We're coming from a different nation, some. But God put us all together. We have the one thing that in common that a Kingsman Redeemer. He has to redeem us. You know why you know that? It was just to drive out all the fear that are out of you. Lord, it's not my virtue, but Lord, you have redeemed me. You ever bring me to the singless estate. There's no accusation. There's no accuser can accuse the bride of Jesus Christ today anymore. Actually, you know that the uh, devil doesn't want you. In the Bible, the book of Ruth said, that the one that said, I don't want to, I can't redeem this because he might mar my inheritance. 
And sometimes we're thinking that we're fearing about the devil. The devil fearing about you. Because he doesn't want you to mess it up with his inheritance. He doesn't want you to go back to the denomination, try to mar his inheritance. So that's his inheritance. He doesn't want you to go to here and there to witnessing to the people. He's afraid of you. You know, the brother Brandon said that you can live a, such a life that the devil don't even know how to do with you. And finally, it's just like a Pharaoh said to the Israelites, said, get out of here. I don't want you to be here anymore. And sometimes we're thinking, some people said, I'm afraid of it to go to hell. Why are you afraid to go to hell? There's one already been there. Devil don't want you to go to hell. Because there's a one that has been to the hell, has turned the whole hell upside down, taking the key of the hell and the grave and everything. You think he wants you to go to hell? You said, where is the hell? It's just right on earth. Doesn't the hell has enlarged? Doesn't the hell has enlarged his appetite? Is his mouth become a measureless? You think the devil wants you to hear? No. <laughs> he don't want you to mess up with all his inheritance. One day, God wants us to go home. And devil will say, get out of here. I don't want you to be here anyway. We can live a life and such a worthy for the gospel. That one or two pressure become really big. One pressure to come over the Lord and the pressure over the world and it will press us. It will squeeze us out of this place. May the Lord bless every one of every one of you. Uh, let's uh, just sing another song before we go. Uh, worthy uh, five sixty-two. I don't know what's. Let's just worship him a little bit. He's the worthy for all our worship. Let's sing it all together. Yes, that's the one. Hear the cries of the shackle from the onset of time. For the chains of defeat, there's no key. And see the tears of the broken the cries of the slaves is there no one worthy to set us free and the cry
just pray and dismiss our congregation. So appreciate it, Brother George. We're so glad that you can come here and don't have to go back it anymore. God bless you. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. Say the angels will not be able to sing because they don't know what it is to be redeemed. But we are grateful, Lord. We are grateful that we can sing we can sing Lord Jesus because we know that we were nothing we see the people in the world we know that we were worse than many of them but mercy mercy called us Lord that's why we rejoice yes the devil might say what's wrong with them but Lord we rejoice because we know what you said concerning us is true when you said let there be light, there was light. When you say you will have a bride, you will have it, Lord. Say heaven and earth may pass away, but not a dot of that word will go unfulfilled. So we know you will have a bride, Lord, and we are part of it, Lord. So Lord, this evening, Lord, we say thank you for the finished work, oh God. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy, Lord. Because only you can do it, Lord. Only you know the ends from the beginning. That's why you can do it, Lord. Because you are not imagining, maybe, maybe this will make it, maybe that one will make it. No, Lord. You know each one of us, Lord. And we are grateful tonight, Lord. We are grateful, Lord, because that cannot change. Thank you, dear Father, Lord. May we go with this assurance, Lord. Your servant kept hammering it, saying it. That is because we believe it. It's not because we feel it. Many times we try to feel it, but it's not just working. But Lord, we want to believe, Lord. Help our home believe tonight, Lord. Help us to go with this confidence that what you said you will do, you will do, Lord. Help us to keep rejoicing. That's the way you want us to be, Lord. Because it is finished. Thank you, dear Father. As we go tonight, may you go with us. Lord, if there will be a Sunday, Lord, may you gather us again. And may we worship. Your servant was saying, he said, this worship that the devil, he has gotten all kind of worship, but the worship from the stars of God, that's what he's after. But Lord, we will give worship to our God and not to the devil. Thank you, dear Father. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. May the Lord bless every one of you. Shake hands with another Ruth. Just right beside you. We, uh, the Lord willing, we'll see you on the Sunday morning. And uh, if not, we'll see you in the rapture. God bless you all. <laughs>